0: At the time, our leaders and our peers saw advocacy kind of as something that could be activated on a whim, but we really recognized that it was something we needed to earn. And so we needed to be able to provide value back to our employees.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Jill Schabelman, and welcome to the Stories Inc. Spotlights podcast. Influencers, employee advocates, and brand ambassadors, no matter what you call them, you probably know your organization needs them. Years ago, I helped manage an employee advocacy program focused on recruiters, and it was a blast. But it was hard, and some of the biggest lift was training them well and keeping them engaged. That's why I'm so excited for you to listen to this previously recorded conversation with Terry Shekel and Krista Vogel from Intel's Employee Advocacy Program office. They've built a thoughtful and impactful program that's turning Intel employees into brand advocates in a really meaningful way. So without further ado, let's hear how they did it. So let's start from the very beginning. Krista, tell me a little bit about why Intel needed an employee advocacy program, and where did you start? So
0: through early 2021, we used the LinkedIn Elevate platform for employee advocacy. And at the time, our advocacy program was really built almost entirely around the use of this platform. So when that platform was sunset by LinkedIn, it kind of put us back at the starting line. But in a really positive way, it gave us this opportunity to kind of reset and actually redefine what employee advocacy could look like at Intel. So at that time, we kept providing our shareable content to employees mostly asking them to amplify our Intel-owned content. We did this through our existing internal communications channels. But when we looked at it in early 2022, we saw that we had actually engaged less than 1% of our employee audience in doing so. And I think that was really the moment where we realized advocacy needed to be more than just a single platform. And we really needed to take a more holistic approach. We first had to think about how we were really gonna support employees in advocacy. And one of the first things that we recognized was that while we had this large segment of employees who weren't actively sharing on social, we also had this segment of our employees who were extremely active and even proficient uh, at social sharing. So we really saw some potential value and a lot of demand for leveling up those proficient sharers so that they could become even better storytellers um, by equipping them with skills and resources so that they can share authentic stories. So you decided to take a more holistic
1: approach to build your program, which I'm assuming meant you had to get some buy-in for that approach with leadership. What kind of expectations did you set with your senior leadership or what kind of expectations did they have of the program?
0: I think we were really fortunate from the beginning in that our leadership did see value in advocacy from the get-go. So we had kind of that early buy-in. I think for us, it was really more about shifting the perspective of how advocacy actually works. At the time, our leaders and our peers saw advocacy kind of as something that could be activated on a whim, but we really recognized that it was something we needed to earn. And so we needed to be able to provide value back to our employees. So we shared that early finding of, you know, 1% of our employees engaged in advocacy and our leadership really encouraged us to be fearless in building a new approach. So we knew that we were going to need to generate buy-in to scale the program. We pitched this idea of shifting to a more holistic approach and knew that we needed to start small and start moving the needle. So you
1: had this initial finding of 1%, but what were your initial goals in relaunching a
0: program? What were you trying to get to or where are you trying to get to? Yeah, our initial kind of stake in the sand is to engage 5% of our employees. And that is for us just over 6,500 employees. Wow. Wow. That's a ton of ambassadors.
1: Um, I love it. So Terry, let's talk about your ambassadors. So tell me a little bit about your pilot group that you used in this relaunch of the program who you affectionately call the Blue Crew. Who was part of the Blue Crew?
2: So with that 5% goal in mind, we set out really to transform the sharing culture here at Intel by meeting employees where they are. So while, like Krista mentioned, we know there are employees that are proficient sharers here at Intel, we also know there are some that are just beginning their journey. So we looked at the ones that were proficient That wanted to level up their skills even further and that is where the blue crew ambassador pilot program was born so this storytelling project is where we began building and educating and engaging a core intel brand ambassador audience to share their own unique content about again their authentic intel story cool tell me a little bit about how the people in the pilot group were selected or how they opted in we began to focus on employees who were best positioned to lead the way as ambassadors so we looked at two different audiences to help comprise our pilot ambassador audience, which we were aiming for about 50 employees. First, we looked at our advocacy early adopters. We knew they were likely already sharing off-the-shelf content, but that they might need help developing their own voice, and they might need more of an opportunity for increased um, collaboration and visibility. So we identified this um, group of advocacy early adopters by looking at our advocacy channel, super users, We looked at content creators and just through social media discovery. Next, we looked at our employee resource groups. These members are really good at identifying and activating employees at times that matter most. But they also need tools to engage employees to tell more compelling stories consistently throughout the year. So we identified employee resource group members by talking with leadership council members and just their community recommendations. And after that identification and then the invitation process, we had 51 participants that were really diverse from 13 different countries, nine different business units, four different ERGs, and three leadership councils. So it was really great to see this um, diverse come together. Yeah, I love that. I'm so impressed with the
1: intentionality that went into finding this really diverse global group. And so as this group got started, what initial training did you provide to the Blue Crew? As you said, people are at kind of different places,
2: probably in their social sharing, but what did you do to help them get started? So we started with kind of the question of like, what's in it for them? And so for us, we looked at this as an opportunity for them to expand their skill set, build their personal brand and expand their network. So with that in mind, we decided to partner with an external vendor to design an exclusive three-part series, which would help ambassadors learn practical tips for social sharing and then build their social storytelling skills.
1: I think many of us have been in the place where we launch a program, we train a group of people, but then enthusiasm can die out a little bit. So outside of that initial training, how did you keep this pilot group engaged as ambassadors?
2: We really wanted to build a sense of community among the ambassadors. So we started by creating a closed group on Yammer. I think it's called Viva Engage Now. And this space really served as a kind of a safe place for us to engage in weekly conversations, share best practices, we can ask questions, they could share their social content that maybe they wanted a little extra boost on and just network with other brand ambassadors because again, they were from all over the company and the world. So it was a really great place for that. And it also was a place for us where we could just house important links and documents and training session recordings. So I always like to think of it as like our headquarters for ambassadors. We also would host informal office hours to discuss social trends and just share program updates, ask for their feedback. It was also a time where ambassadors could bring us questions. So it was really just a good time for us to have free flowing conversations and get to know each other better. And then at the end of the pilot program and workshop series, we sent participants to custom swag kits with tools to create content and share their Intel pride. And the kit included items like microphones and ring lights and tripods. And then we encourage the recipients to share on social media using hashtag I am Intel as part of their ongoing personal content strategies. So fun. I love those kids. Super cool.
1: So at the end of the pilot, um, what kind of success did you see?
2: We received great feedback from our pilot participants that the workshops really helped them create more personal content. And then in return, they were fulfilling our ask of them, which was to share two unique social uh, social posts each month. So we started just getting kind of requests to join by word of mouth from pilot participants. And we knew it was time to open this program up to all employees, which we did um, earlier this year in March. And just six months later, we were thrilled to see that we tripled our member enrollment.
1: So now you're up to 150-ish investors and I'm sure growing all the time. Some who are original members and others who are just joining now. How are you keeping everyone engaged?
2: As we expanded our ambassador audience, we knew we had to do the same for our resources. So we began with sending a survey to pilot participants to learn more about what they enjoyed about the program and where they saw areas of opportunity. So first, we looked to improve our storytelling workshops. Based on the participant feedback, we knew this was a key element to the program's success. But there were areas of improvement. So during our pilot group workshops, we hosted workshops every few months. And we just found that enthusiasm was high directly after workshop, but then it would kind of drop off before the next workshop. So moving forward, we decided to schedule workshops a little bit closer together, like every couple of weeks. And then um, that would kind of help us better sustain that enthusiasm. And then in addition, we, we identified there was a high level of interest in LinkedIn. So we decided to kind of focus in on that platform for future trainings. We began working with Stories, Inc. to enhance those workshops, just cutting them down into more bite-sized sessions. So we offered just 25-minute sessions offered at geo-friendly times to, again, engage this global group, have them be live and on the workshops, not always listening to recordings. So that was great to offer two different time zones. And then we also just gave them practical tips in those um, workshops, like how to use your phone to take better pictures and video, which we know are critical element of storytelling.
1: Yeah, those workshops were so much fun. And I have loved seeing what your ambassadors have done after that. I think you're right. Like they have this enthusiasm after the workshop and they're sharing really awesome things. Um, so beyond the workshops, yeah, I'm sure there's so much more that goes into what you're doing. What
2: else are you doing to keep the program alive? We also gave this group um, early access to an advocacy platform this summer to provide feedback and input on before it launched to all employees. This group of ambassadors were the first employees in the door, we like to say, to get that engine started. And they were so excited about being able to test drive this new platform that has much more sharing functionalities than our current tools. So that was a big plus for, for them. We also engage them just by highlighting their content on our brand social channels and then and again in our internal newsletters, which raises their visibility. And then we continue to use our Yammer Viva Engage community to encourage those discussions. We like to give them a preview, like a heads up on company announcements and awards. And then we share prompts to our monthly editorial themes so that their content is more likely to be shared on our brand channels. They kind of know what we're looking for. And we also often send call-outs for content like pictures or quotes to be featured on our brand channels, which again raises their visibility. And then in addition to our storytelling workshops, we've also invited internal presenters like members of our corporate social media team to share insights with this group um, and how ambassadors really play like a pivotal role in Intel's social ecosystem. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so much is going into this program in a lot of different
1: ways. So thanks, Terry. I mean, you're obviously putting so much time and effort and care into developing like a really meaningful program. So, Krista, we'll switch over to you. Tell us a little bit about the structure of the
0: Employee Advocacy Program Office now as a full time team of two. Yeah. So, our advocacy program is built on two pillars. So, we have the content amplification piece and then authentic storytelling, which is all of the great work of our ambassadors. We really see both of these pillars as Interconnected and really both equally essential to the long term strategy that we've built. So, on that, the authentic storytelling side, that's really where our Blue Crew Ambassador community is core. So, continuing to grow that community, continuing to engage our members is really a top priority. Then, on the content amplification side, as Terry mentioned, you know, tooling. So, we knew that we were going to need to make it easier for employees not just our ambassadors, but also our broader employee audience who maybe wasn't as active on social or maybe didn't know where to start. So for us uh, on that side, it was really about um, being able to identify a platform to support our employees. importantly for us on the the program side, measurement was a really big gap for us. Um, So being able to identify an enterprise advocacy solution that was going to make it easier for our users and give us more data to understand the impact of advocacy um, really became our top priority. And now we've been able to launch this new platform, the Intel Share Hub, for our ambassadors as well as our broader employee audience. I love the approach that you've taken to
1: this. You know, many times, you know, we have this problem or this challenge, and our first reaction is to like find a technology or a tool, like how can we, you know, buy something to solve it? But you did the opposite, right? You created this community of people who wanted to share on social, you showed the value of what that created for the Intel brand, and then introduced this tool to be even more impactful. Uh, So I know you're early on in the journey, but tell us a little bit about the platform's launch and where you're at. So
0: Terry mentioned, we launched first to our Blue Crew Ambassador community. So we launched to them in July of 2023, this year. They shared a lot of great feedback, asked really great questions that helped us kind of prepare for our all-employee launch, which we are now beginning. Actually, in less than a full quarter, those ambassadors, along with other pilot members, we had about 220 in total. They actually outpaced all sharing activity from the entire previous year. So just really incredible early results. And we're so excited now to carry that momentum forward as we launch to all employees. Awesome. And so how are you gonna promote the ShareHub to employees who haven't been part
1: of advocacy efforts or don't don't quite know what you're up to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from the moment we launched almost to our ambassador community, we were getting questions about, can I share this? You know, can I tell my teammates and my colleagues about this? And so we did. We gave them that opportunity to really be the first ones to share kind of through word of mouth. So we gave ambassadors that opportunity to share first uh, before we did any kind of formal communications about the platform. And we really continue to see this as a big opportunity to let our ambassadors lead the way, not, with, not just with this platform, but with uh, advocacy as a, a whole here at Intel. You know, of course, we're also leveraging our internal communications channels We're presenting in lots of forums across Intel. And importantly, we're partnering with our local communications teams around the world uh, so that we can bring more visibility to this platform as well as our um, advocacy program office. Um, And I really think that those partnerships are going to be essential as we grow and engage more employees in a meaningful way. I think it's so important to remember this
1: idea of um, advocacy really is owned by the employees. You know you help facilitate it but it really is owned by them like they're the ones that really can drive all these efforts and make make it successful so yeah it's really smart cool well it's a really exciting time obviously for your program terry what's next for the program and what are you most excited about
2: yeah as krista mentioned we're so excited for the possibilities of launching this intel share hub and using it as a tool to really further engage and especially show the value of our Blue Crew. We've leveraged some of the leaderboard functionalities to spark some friendly competition and been able to recognize active participants of the group. So we're really excited for that.
0: Yeah. And
1: so I'm going to peel back the layers a little. Terry, you started this advocacy journey as a 10-hour-a-week side job in another role, right? So it's been a journey for you. So looking back at everything that you, Krista, and your investors have accomplished so far, what advice would you give to someone looking to bring
2: employee advocacy to their own organization? really great question. I would say identify your champions and just start there. They can give you feedback and insights that really shape the strategy and help build momentum and start that engine. We've had such great partners here at Intel from various business groups and different geos that have really shared different perspectives for us to help us build an inclusive program and help connect the dots across a company of this size. So definitely having those partnerships is really helpful. Just remember it's a marathon, not a sprint, which is actually a uh, saying that Stories Inc. likes to share during our storytelling workshops. But I really love it because it's just about starting where you are and then little by little just making progress and building you know your program resources.
1: Yeah. Those are great pieces of advice. Thanks so much for sharing of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. You're doing amazing work and the hashtag I am Intel out in LinkedIn and Instagram and other places is also a cool place for everyone to see what your ambassadors are doing. So definitely encourage people to search that hashtag and see what's out in the world from Intel. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That was a jam-packed conversation and I hope it sparked a new idea for your own employee advocacy program effort. My main takeaway is that you need to start with the what's in it for them when asking employees to be ambassadors. And speaking of what's in it for them, here at Stories, Inc., we saw a huge gap in training for employee investor programs and created a self-paced online course that's a great resource for helping ramp up or re-energize your employee advocacy program. You can learn more about it at our website, storiesincorporated.com slash courses. And thank you for listening in. Head over to storiesincorporated.com for more resources, guides, and tips on growing your employee story efforts no matter what role you're in.